The very funny, Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney has a new show, everyone. It is called John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that will stream live on Netflix live during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. Yes, it is a comically unconventional show that will feature special guests. I'm very excited for this. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A. debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time only on Netflix. Angela, we're always making lists of the places we want to go, and I've got another one for you. Williamsburg, Virginia. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, an outdoor enthusiast, a thrill seeker, a history buff, or just friends looking for a good happy hour, you'll find what you came for. There is lots of good food and drink to be found in Williamsburg. There's contemporary cuisine. There's local craft breweries. I heard there's a winery. Wineries? Yes. You could go for a girls' weekend, a romantic couples trip, or a family vacation. So for your next vacation, visit Williamsburg. I'm Jenna Fisher. And I'm Angela Kinsey. We were on The Office together. And we're best friends. And now we're doing the ultimate Office rewatch podcast just for you. Each week, we will break down an episode of The Office and give exclusive behind-the-scenes stories that only two people who were there can tell you. We're The Office Ladies. Hi, everyone. Hey! Oh, my gosh! Why are we (laughs) screaming already? We'll tell you. We are back in the studio. We are in the studio. We are vaccinated. Our team is vaccinated. Look at this. I can put my arms all the way out to the sides and I don't touch any clothes or any walls. I am not staring at you through my husband's t-shirts or smelling his socks. It's so exciting. Lady, I'm looking at your face in real life. It's weird. I want to touch it, but I won't. (laughs) Can I get you on a Zoom? Actually, will you go in the other room? (laughs) Can we do this over Zoom? We are thrilled to be here. It's been over a year. Over a year? Yeah. We don't know what this is going to be, guys. We ended up doing more Office Ladies podcasts from our closet than we ever did in person. Crazy. But we're back in person now, and we don't know what's going to happen. I'll tell you a few changes right off the bat. Angela has stopped using note cards, guys, and I'm freaking out. And post-its. Sam is clapping from the engineer booth. It's a moment of growth, you guys. I have a Word document now. I put everything in. (laughs) It's very adulty. I'm not saying I'm going to stick with it. Maybe it was something I started doing because I was in my closet and I just didn't have space for all my note cards. But look at me at this big table now. I know. It's almost like you want to fill it up with note cards, don't you? You want to fill it up. A little bit. A little bit. Well, the other big news for today is that we are kicking off season five of The Office with Weight Loss Part One. Season flipping five. Yeah. We're here. Here we are. Let's do it. This is season five, episode one, written by Lee Eisenberg and Gene Stepnitsky, directed by Paul Feig. We stopped talking. We've already don't know what we're doing in here. You know what I was going to do? I was going to go, boo, 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 boo. And then I was like, no, that's annoying. <laughs> so then I said nothing. And then you said nothing. And then we just stared at each other. You know why? Because we can. There might be a lot of long pauses in this podcast today. <laughs> I'm going to move us into a summary. The gang at Dunder Mifflin participates in an eight-week company-wide weight loss competition. Pam begins her three-month design program in New York City, and Andy attempts to get Angela to commit to wedding plans, but she's busy. She's 
having an affair with Dwight. An affair. I know. She is stressed the F out. And the minute Andy asks her about the wedding, she runs to Dwight. Yeah. I have a question about that. Why can't you guys, like, have sex at home, like, after work? Are you guys having sex at home after work, or is it only in the warehouse? (laughs) That is such a good question I've never thought about. I mean, I definitely see their hookups in this episode whenever Angela is spiraling. Yeah. Maybe she's happy at home with all of her cats, and maybe she doesn't let Andy come over, so she doesn't need Dwight to cope. Yeah. Or maybe they're just shagging everywhere. I don't know. Well, we'll discuss more we'll later. We'll discuss more. Guys, this was the start of our fifth season, like we said. And to make up for the shorter fourth season that got interrupted because of the writer's strike, NBC ordered 28 episodes for season five. So this season has the most episodes of any office season. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's some good office trivia, milady. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's going to move us into fast fact number one, which is a little complicated. I'll tell you why. Okay. Back at the end of season three, Mm -hmm. we said that Rashida Jones left the show and stopped playing Karen Filippelli because she had to go do Parks and Recreation. Was she not going to do Parks and Rec then? She wasn't, Ange, because Parks and Recreation did not exist yet. Parks and Recreation does not exist until the middle of season five of The Office. Oh, farts. We got that wrong, milady. We did. Why am I saying milady? I don't know. I don't know. Is milady the new lady? I hope not, because people right now are like, my ears are bleeding. Stop saying milady. Wait, so Rashida, was she leaving to do a different project? No. She left because they finished the storyline of Karen, Jim, and Pam. It was a storyline thing. I mean, she did go on to do more projects. She did a bunch of movies in that right, time. Right, right, But no, it was a storyline thing. Similarly, I'll have you know that we wondered during Branch Wars yeah. if the photo of Hillary Clinton in her office was a nod to Leslie Nope loving Hillary Clinton. We thought that it was. It wasn't because, again, there was no Leslie Nope. There was no Parks and Rec yet. We were determined to pull up Parks and Rec by a few years. Well, I love Parks and Rec, so. I know. Okay. Well, there you go. We got that wrong. So this is important for two reasons. One, we need to know the timeline of Parks and Rec. Clearly. And number two, Greg Daniels, who created the American version of The Office, he created Parks and Rec Mm -hmm. along with one of our writers, Mike Shore. So. Midway through this season five, we're going to lose both Greg and Mike because they're going to be working on Parks and Rec. And that is why Jen Salata and Paul Lieberstein take over as the showrunners for season five. All right. There you go. Now, Mike sure moved to Parks and Rec full time. Greg was doing both shows. Greg did a little bit of Parks and Rec. He did a little office. He bounced back and forth. He did. Yes. Just wanted us to get that timeline correct. Yes. All right. Fast fact number two. Writer of this episode, Gene Stupnitsky, said that the idea for a weight loss episode had been on the writer's wall for a really long time, but they couldn't figure out how to do it in one day. Because remember, they had that rule where they tried to have plot lines that only cover one workday. Right. When NBC asked for the premiere of season five to be an hour long, Greg Daniels had the idea that we could do the weight loss episode as a sort of summer retrospective. Right, because we never see the characters over the summer. 
Yeah, Jean said this was a really cool opportunity to see the characters over their summertime and that they almost called this episode Summer. Huh. You might notice also for this episode, there is no cold open. Mm -hmm. It just starts with the opening credits. Jean said that there was a cold open in the script. It was written that way, but they actually just folded it in to the plot. And he said that the pacing of this episode is a little quicker than previous seasons. This is going to become kind of our new pacing moving forward. And that this was a change they made so they could fit in more jokes and more supporting character storylines. I mean, I definitely noticed. I felt like it clipped along. Yes. Fast fact number three, this episode has an all-crew commentary. Angela, take it away. It does, you guys. When I started listening to this DVD commentary and realized it was all-crew, I called Jenna right away. It was one of the best DVD commentaries I've listened to up until now. It's so good. And you've listened to all of them. I have. And I want to share with you guys who is on this DVD commentary for weight loss. Okay. It's phenomenal. It's great. So much information. At the beginning of the DVD commentary, everyone in the crew went around, said their names and their job title for this episode. Okay. Randy Cordray, our brand new line producer. Michael Gallenberg, our production designer. Brian Whittle, our boom operator. Nick Carbone, our sound utility, Ben Patrick, our production sound mixer, Alicia Raycraft, our new costume designer, Kelly Cantley, our first assistant director, and Jake Oust, our post producer. Oh my gosh. What was it like to hear all of their voices again? It was so wonderful. And, you know, Kelly Cantley, I loved her so much. And Jenna, we still are on each other's Christmas card list. We send each other Christmas cards every year, and I just adore her. And I texted her. I said, Kelly, I can't tell you how wonderful it is. I just spent an hour with you, like listening to your voice. I miss you so much. And she was like, Ange, I miss you too. Ange, I get her Christmas cards too from her and her husband, Kevin, and their two dogs. I look forward to them every year. There is so much awesome information about the making of Weight Loss 1 and 2. First thing I want to share with you guys that this was Randy and Alicia's first episode that they ever worked on on The Office, and what an enormous, huge way to start their time on the show. So normally, one episode, as Jenna said, is one day. They had to take our show over the course of eight weeks in one episode. It was a continuity nightmare. For Alicia, wardrobe had eight changes. And Jenna, you and I love tracking things. Well, guess who else loves tracking things? Alicia. Kelly Cantley. Oh, boy. (laughs) Kelly Cantley. She listed off all of the things that they would have to track over weight loss one and two. I loved it so much. I wrote it down, and I began to track it as well. Number one, eight wardrobe changes. Number two, eight set dressings of the main office bullpen. Number three, Was it raining or not raining outside the windows, depending on the scene? Number four, they had three different goatee beards on Michael, Ryan, and Dwight. Number five, Meredith's sunburned face. We'll get to that. Number six, the dry erase board with everyone's weight loss stats. Number seven, the fruit flies. And number eight, the rotting of fruit. Wow. That's what they were keeping track of. So many things. And then lastly, this episode was a huge challenge for the editing department. Do you remember in Goodbye, Toby, how I had the script? I had the shooting draft, and I kept telling you how the scenes were all rearranged differently for the episode that actually aired? Yeah. Well, Jake shared in the commentary that Greg and the writers 
we're very used to being able to just move scenes around and kind of change how the episode would take shape. And they could not do that in this episode because it's week to week and everything progresses week to week within one episode. And you can't move around that story. No, and our clothes are changing, right? Yes. Like you'd notice, but there is, I saw a little flub. Yes, well, you'll have to bring that up. And they also address, and I'll bring this up when it happens, a character that they had to keep digitally changing their shirt. What? Yes. I'll share when we get to the moment. Angela, I think you need to do fast facts more often because (laughs) that is possibly one of my favorite fast facts we've ever done. Well, (laughs) I'm giving you fast fact number three from now on. Oh, I bet you are. Thanks. I know. You guys, fast facts are really hard. Fast facts are really hard. Jenna created fast facts for herself and then was like, (laughs) Angela, these dang fast facts. I wish every week the crew did the DVD commentary is what I wish because it's the best commentary. It was the most insightful, interesting, the best background trivia. Fast fact three was easy because of our crew's commentary. I cannot wait to watch that payoff as we break down this episode. Let's take a break. Shocker, I need to go to the bathroom. You know, we've had a big morning. It was a reunion. (laughs) We both drank lots of beverages. All right, we're going to go to the restroom. We'll be right back. (laughs) So this winter, we went on a little ski trip with another family, and we got an Airbnb, which was so wonderful, right? Because you can make your own breakfast in the morning. We could even go there for lunch to warm up. Listen, I always want a kitchen with kids. Yep. I don't want to call room service for some sliced apples. I want to have my groceries. I need a kitchen. Yes. Well, this is why doing the Airbnb thing was so perfect. Yep. Well, this family we were staying with told us that they listed their house on Airbnb back in California. Oh, that's so smart. I know a lot of people that do this. It's like, oh, we want to go to Disneyland. We can Airbnb our place and then use that money to go. It pays for your trip. Yep. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. You can use Squarespace to create a website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to time, all in one place. Well, we've told you before that we use Squarespace for our Office Ladies website, and it is so user-friendly, so easy to use. We are not tech people, and we could not be happier with our experience. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash officeladies to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, we all carry around different stressors. Some are big, some are small. I know I keep mine kind of bottled up, and it can start to affect us. Well, therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. 
you can finally get a chance to talk about all those stressors. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash OfficeLadies today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash OfficeLadies. All right, well, we are back. Everyone is in the conference room. They are having a feast. I mean, there is a buffet of food happening here. Yeah, well, Michael tells everyone they better eat up because it's their last meal. They're going to start this weight loss competition, but first they're trying to bulk up. So that when they lose weight, the number is big. There's a big difference, right? Yes, exactly. Dwight has also told people they can't even use the bathroom. You're going to have to hold it. They want maximum poundage on the scale. And the stakes are high because Michael explains that this is a corporate weight loss challenge and the branch that loses the most weight wins three whole extra vacation days. Everyone's excited. Yeah. I paused and I went frame by frame and I made a list of all the food I could see. <laughs> I love this. This is reminding me a little bit of my pizza by Alfredo <laughs> moment. Is it going to be 10 minutes? <laughs> no, there's not that much food. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. All right. There is a chocolate fondue fountain. Mm-hmm. There is a cheese fondue fountain. There are marshmallows, fried chicken, ribs, maybe some waffles, mm-hmm. cornbread muffins, donuts, lots of soda. Mac and cheese, dumplings, I swear someone has mashed potatoes and gravy on their plate. And then Jim has some strawberries on his plate, probably Hmm. for the chocolate fountain. But I was surprised to spot a bit of healthy food. Not surprised to see it on John Krasinski's plate, however. Mm -hmm. He was such a healthy eater. He was. (laughs) Jenna, do you know what I remember about this scene? What? How funky that cheese got. Yeah. It got real smelly. Yeah. Kelly shares on the DVD that they could only keep that cheese melted for three hours. <laughs> and then it would start to like coagulate or whatever. It got so gross. I mean, that really makes me think twice about any cheese fondue fountain. The fountain food. I might be done with fountain food. When I was in college, I had a boyfriend and we read that there was like this protein shake company that was going to give a $10,000 prize to whoever lost the most weight and, like, gained the most muscle by, like, using their protein shake. Right. So the idea is to, like, get healthy, lose weight, and here's your incentive is a bunch of money or something? Yeah. So we entered. You and your boyfriend? Yeah. You did the shake challenge? We did. Here's the thing. We did the same thing. We're, like, in the week before. You carved up? We did. We ate a bunch of food. I probably gained about five pounds. In one week. Yeah, because we just like ate pizza oh. and burgers because we were like, this is great. I mean, we'll start out with more weight and then we'll lose it all and more. And we'll win $10,000. Yeah. I mean, we took pictures of ourselves. I still have it. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, somewhere I have it. I know because I was cleaning out some old photo albums and I found it and it jogged this memory. You had to prove the day you know, of the weight loss start. So you had to hold up that day's newspaper. I mean, like a hostage photo. Oh, my God. So I've got this picture of myself. This was before you could Instagram. Now you can Instagram or Instagram and it's a timestamp. But back then you had to hold up like a newspaper. Yeah. And take it with a regular old camera. I'm in like a sports bra and some like sport shorts. Mm -hmm. And I'm holding up a newspaper. And I will tell you what, not only did we not win, I did not lose any of the weight. 
That you gained carb loading? That's right. After the eight weeks. I mean, we gave up so quickly. We were all in for the first week of the fitness challenge. And then all that happened was from all of this is that I gained five pounds and then I held up a newspaper. (laughs) The end. (laughs) So that memory came flooding back as I was watching us in this conference room scene. So... Stanley, Meredith, and Creed have plans for their leftovers. Mm -hmm. You know, Stanley really wants to take some of these dumplings home. But Dwight is like, no, no, you cannot take any of this food home. We're eating healthy now. And he starts spraying what looks like an insect repellent all over all of the food. We had a fan question from Chelsea B., Alice R., and Henry F. What was in the bottle that Dwight is spraying on the food? Well, guess who knows? You? Me. Thanks to our crew. It was not real bug spray, of course. This was a prop bottle that Phil Shea had designed. He had this made, and it was full of aerosol water. Oh. So he was just spraying water. You know, I assumed that's what it was, but it didn't look like water. I mean, it looks so real. I thought it looked real, and I thought everyone's reactions were really good. Great acting, folks. You sold it. Well, now the gang is going to go down to the warehouse. They're going to weigh in. Yes. And Jenna, at one minute, five seconds, there is a great shot of the big scale that we're all going to get weighed on. And I have a prop breakdown. Give it to me. Okay. That scale was custom made by Rice Lake Weighing Systems. They made it specific to our requests, and they were able to program the little computer screen with whatever the writers wanted them to put on it, right? It was like part of the joke. Our weight, that was all like a writer's joke. My mind is being blown right now that that was not a real scale. No, the scale didn't exist. It was made just for us. And Rice Lake Wang System didn't ask for any credit or any company plug. They were huge fans of the show. And they did come to set the day we filmed this. And everyone on our crew said they were so nice. And after this episode aired, that scale stayed in the warehouse as part of the warehouse set. That I remember. Mm-hmm. Now, during this weigh-in, Angela, what's up with Meredith's face? Did you notice? Her face is all red. We got a lot of mail about it. They want to know what's going on. Was there a storyline that was cut or something? Oh, yes. I want you guys to know I took a photo of Kate's face as Meredith looking like that. And I texted it to Kate last night. And I said, Kate, you know what? You should win team player award for the run of the office because her character was always getting into some kind of mishap, which resulted in Kate being in the hair and makeup trailer forever. Right? Yeah. And here was the storyline. And it's shared in the deleted scenes. Meredith gets severely sunburned. And here is her explanation. Sam, can you play the clip? These guys took me out in a fishing boat I don't think I caught anything. Hello, hello. Hey, your face is almost back to normal. If one more kid calls me Hellboy, I swear to God. Oh, you wish. Hellboy's a hero. Oh, wow. Yeah, she went out on a boat, got super, super sunburned. And this was something they had to watch in continuity of which stage of the sunburn was her face at. Then the whole storyline got deleted, but they couldn't take out Kate's face, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So they just had to leave it in. And Kate said the day after the show aired, Steve came up to her on set and was like, you know what, Kate? I still thought it was funny. You know, I kind of love that Meredith has this mystery about her. 
yeah. that she has this whole other life we don't even need to explain. And Kate said it made her feel so good that yeah. Steve was so thoughtful to come over and say that. Yeah. That was hard when you had a storyline and then you'd watch the episode. They wouldn't warn you a lot of the times. You'd just watch the episode and it was gone. Yeah. And, you know, with supporting cast, we were often, you know, in the B or C story and those really got moved around a lot. Yeah. And trimmed and edited. And it did happen. But Kate, man, such a good sport. Wow. Guys, also in this scene, Michael throws Pam off the scale because she's going to go away to art school. So he doesn't want her extra poundage. Now, they've already weighed in. And then Pam gets off the scale and a new weight is displayed. So embarrassing. Everyone is clocking this number change. Yeah. We got some fan mail from Kim C. who said, During the group weigh-in, it becomes clear that Pam weighs 126 pounds. Jenna, did the writers consult you about your actual weight when they added this fact, or did they just guess how much they thought you might weigh? And were you comfortable with sharing this speculation about your weight? Well, I'll tell you guys, actually, in the script, the original table draft, Pam weighed 145 pounds. Mm-hmm. And I said, you guys, this is, I feel like a weird thing <laughs> for me to split hairs about, but I don't weigh 145 pounds. Mm-hmm. It's not accurate. Why don't you just put my real weight, which at the time was 126 pounds. I don't weigh 126 pounds anymore, mm-hmm. but at the time that was my weight. And so they changed it. Yeah. But yeah, when they speculated about my weight, they put me at 145 and I just, I don't know. I just corrected it. I thought it should be correct. I have no problem with that. Well, Jenna, that scene made me laugh just because your performance, your reaction, you watch everyone doing the math and you're just standing there. Yeah. And it was very funny the way you you played that moment. Now it's week two of their weight loss contest. Oscar and Andy arrive. They're going to hold the elevator for Stanley. And Stanley says he forgot something, and then he takes the stairs mm-hmm. without them knowing. And he has a great talking head where he shares that he's been losing weight on his own, and he just noticed some of his speed and fire, that he's lost a little bit of his pick up and go, and he's doing this for himself. Yes. And in this talking head, he shows an old photo of himself. Mm-hmm. Well, we got some mail about that. People wanted to know, what is this picture? Is this from Leslie David Baker's real life? Yes. Is this young Leslie in this photo? It is young Leslie (gasps) in the photo. Oh, my gosh. I texted Leslie, and he gave me all the info. Oh, let's hear it. It's a Photoshop picture. He does not know any of the other people in the picture. They Photoshopped him into it using one of his old prom photos. Oh, Leslie. I love that. Yeah. Well, they're really taking this whole get healthy fitness thing seriously. Holly is running a yoga class in the conference room. I only saw three people in attendance, Creed, Kelly, and Michael. I didn't see anyone else. Oh. Yeah. And then Michael is so excited. He runs up to Jim as Jim is going into the bathroom and is like, did you see Holly's butt? And Jim's like, no. You know why? Because we don't do that. Friends don't talk about other friends' butts, right? And Jim is really trying to get Michael to have a little growth, right? Yep. And he's like, what have you learned about her? And Michael says, I learned that she broke her left leg twice in one year. I learned that she's allergic to sesame seeds. I learned that she has read Lonesome Dove three times and that her butt refuses to quit, you know? And Jim's like, I give up. Little sidebar moment for you. 
What's that? Lonesome Dove was written by Larry McMurtry, who is from my hometown of Archer City, Texas. Yes. And I knew Larry and I know his family. And Larry was this amazing, prolific writer. I got so excited just to see one of his pieces of work mentioned on The Office, knowing that I grew up going to his bookstore. That is so cool. Love it. You guys got to know there's only like 1,800 people in Archer City. So everybody knows everybody. We got some fan mail from Brittany. Uh Uh-huh. She did her own little mini deep dive. On? On sesame seed allergies. Oh. Yeah. She did a deep dive? She did. She said that she would like us to know that sesame seed allergies are actually the ninth most common type of food allergy. I did not know that. Do you have any allergies? I do. I'm allergic to sweet potatoes. Crazy. Yeah. I found that out late in life because my mom would only make sweet potatoes at Thanksgiving. And I'm sorry, mom, but they always looked really gross to me. So I just never even ate them. I don't know if I had some sort of like visceral kind of instinct that I shouldn't eat them. Yeah, but I never ate them. And then my first Thanksgiving in Los Angeles, I couldn't go home. I couldn't afford it. So me and my friends, we had our own Thanksgiving and someone brought some sweet potatoes that looked effing amazing. So I had some. The next day I got super sick. I wrote it off. I had taken some of those sweet potatoes home as a leftover. Mm-hmm. I ate them again, got super sick again. That's when the doctor was like, I think you should stop eating sweet potatoes. <laughs> I got an allergy test and I am allergic to sweet potatoes. My daughter has a mild allergy to dairy. Mm. But you can really tell like if she's had, you know, ice cream and stuff, she'll get really stuffy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of people have like a lactose intolerance that causes mm-hmm. like some kind of like diarrhea. Well, this is our spinoff podcast. It's called <laughs> What Foods Do to You? Body Fluids and Other Stories. I mean, since we're on the subject of milk and stuff, I just want to say, guys, don't give milk to cats. Oh, yeah. It makes them sick. Yeah. It's like a thing that's been passed down in these cartoons forever. You give cats yeah. a dish of milk. They are allergic to the dairy and milk. Don't yeah. give it to them. Can I add to your milk with cats thing? Oh, yeah. Don't give bread to ducks. Oh, bread to ducks. You know what you can give them? What? Peas. Oh, peas. And bird seed. Okay. More food talk for you. Three minutes, 49 seconds. Dwight is replacing the junk food in the vending machine with fruit. Now, Kelly Cantley said this scene, which I timed, it's seven seconds, took them one hour to shoot. Because of the, like, banging the fruit in with the hammer? Just all of it, ripping everything out, resetting it, putting the fruit in. It took them an hour to do a seven-second scene. Coming up is a really awkward scene in so many ways. So many! Oscar is going to offer to set Holly up with his yoga instructor. hmm I feel like that was awkward, number one. I mean, it's jumping in real quick, being matchmaker. Yeah. I... Always feel like you wait for someone to ask you to set them up Mm -hmm. because there are so many assumptions you're making about their life and their preferences when you offer to set them up, right? Yeah. I don't know. Also, like, how long has he known her? Have they hung out? Like, what does he know about Holly, right? Right. This takes us to front reception, and Jim is making sure Pam is all packed for New York. He's holding a box of her items she's going to take with her. 
Did you notice at four minutes, 47 seconds, what is in the box that is so important? It's got to travel to New York City with Pam. Apparently, her weird spindly, plasticky desk decoration. She can't live without it. I put the multicolored sphere bobble thing. Yeah, we've talked about it on the podcast before. I get that maybe she needed to clear her desk for whoever's filling in for her. Just leave the box. Yeah. Put it in a storeroom and get it out when you get back. There's nothing in that box you need at Pratt, Pam. Nothing. But Pam has a talking head. It's super cute. I loved doing it where I say, what up, 212? I hate to tell you, Pam, the area code for Pratt, which is located in Brooklyn, is 718. No, Pam. But it's okay. You're trying to be all New York-y. You're trying to be cool. Yeah, that's the Manhattan Mm -hmm. area code. Mm -hmm. Well, at 5 minutes, 13 seconds, there's going to be a storyline that starts, which is Andy and Angela wedding planning. There's lots of delicious stuff. There's lots more in deleted scenes. All of this wedding planning is just absolutely stressing Angela out and making her more and more irritated at Andy. This is how he walks up to her. Ange, Ella, 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 under my Angela, Ella, 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 A, A, what? (laughs) I loved it so much. that's, That's how they're starting their conversation. Andy's excited. He says every little boy fantasizes about his fairy tale wedding. And ding, 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 this is when they had to go in and digitally change his shirt and tie in post-production because the writers wanted to move this talking head here. It had been in a different place in the story. His tie and his shirt are digital. Because they had to make it match the scene with Angela? That's right. My mind is blown. Oh, yeah. They had to change all of that in post so they could move this talking head up. Well, in the scene with Angela, he is suggesting that they get married at the Breakers in Rhode Island, this famous estate. Angela doesn't like it. Mm -hmm. He said this is really important to his family because this is where his parents decided not to get divorced. How romantic. Yes, that's where you want to get married. Mm -hmm. I looked this place up. It was built back in 1893 as a summer home. Wow. Not even a main residence. It was built by the Vanderbilt family. It cost $7 million to build back then. Back then? Back then. It took two years. Is it massive? Yeah. There are 70 rooms in oh, the house. Come on. The Great Hall. 70 rooms for their summer residence. Right. And the Great Hall has 45-foot ceilings. There's a gold room. Okay. That was actually built in Europe and then shipped to the United States and reassembled in Newport. Good Lord. It is estimated to be worth $150 million today. That one room? No, the whole house. Oh. (laughs) I know. I see how you went there because of the way I structured that. Oh, my gosh. So $150 million? Yeah. It now belongs to the Preservation Society of Newport County. It is available for tours. It gets about 300,000 visitors annually. But get this, great-grandchildren still live there on the third floor during the summer. Oh, my God. But you can't tour their private residence area when you tour the house. This is like going to Buckingham Palace. I always wonder about that. Like what, you what's live it there, like to live in a tours. house? Yeah, what is that? I don't know. I 70 rooms. Maybe you don't even know. Are you not giving tours of your home? 
Angela, to you're, tourists you're, while you live there. You're welcome to come over. The hall bathroom, you have to jiggle the handle. It's a double flusher. You know, it doesn't quite do it the first time. Well, all of this wedding planning stresses Angela out, and she immediately pages Dwight. And they rendezvous in the warehouse. Angela comes out of the little warehouse I don't even know what you call it, storage room where they meet up. Mm-hmm. And she says, look, that was the last time. I have a fiance I very much like. Mm-hmm. All right, Jenna, there are deleted scenes that throughout Weight Loss 1 and 2 really show Angela struggling between wanting to be excited for the wedding and also that Andy is driving her crazy. And then she runs to Dwight. It's sort of this love triangle. And the documentary crew clearly decided to ask her about it. And here was her response. It's Mm -hmm. in the deleted scenes. No, I'm not cheating on anybody. I have one fiancé and I have physical relations with one man. Hmm. She keeps it separate. One guy she'll marry and one guy for the shag. I guess Angela Martin is like, you know, once I'm at the aisle, it's done. Yeah. Once I speak my vows, I'll stop sleeping with Dwight. But for right now, uh-huh. I am engaged. This is a period of, I guess, non-commitment, but commitment, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how she's going to deal with how batch crazy Andy makes her once they're married. What will her outlet be? But yes, I thought that was interesting because there's that moment when she comes out of the storage room with Dwight where she sees the camera. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And this talking head would have happened immediately after where they would have confronted her, which I thought was pretty ballsy for the documentary crew. Well, they need to follow up on these things. Yeah. Now we have a scene where Michael, through his window, sees that Pam is getting into her car. She's getting ready to drive to Pratt. And he has not said his goodbye. No, he hasn't. And I want you to know, I know whose office it was that he was in. Was it Paul Lieberstein's? No, it was Jen Salata's. Okay. There you go. If you're curious, that's the writer's room that Michael was in. And poor Michael, he practically wipes out two flights of stairs (laughs) trying to get to Pam so he could say goodbye. It's so funny. And he wrote her a poem, but he (sighs) left it upstairs. It ends with the word seagulls. (sighs) Here's what I have to say about this scene. Pam is going to drive to New York in a pencil skirt. Also, here was my question. Where is she going to park her car? There's nowhere to park your car in New York City. You have to pay for a parking spot. Well, she's going to Brooklyn. She's going to like a college campus. You think they have a spot for her? I think they do. Oh, okay. I think there's a campus parking lot. Okay, okay, okay. I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about why did she come into work even for a half day? Why didn't she change her clothes? Mm. She's going to arrive at Pratt in a pencil skirt and pantyhose. Mm -hmm. Really? Really? Pam. I hope there's parking. Well, listen, (laughs) I wanted you to know, Randy Cordray shared that this parking lot scene took place on an incredibly hot day. It was like triple digit weather in Los Angeles. And, you know, Steve runs hot anyway. Mm -hmm. And he had to run into this scene and it was super hot in a suit. Well, Phil Shea found a cooling vest that Steve could wear under his suit to help keep him cool. It's the type of vest that marathon runners and athletes have. They use it to cool their body temperature down. It has these little frozen gel packs. And Steve had that on under his suit. I've never heard of this thing, Mm -hmm. which makes sense to me because I would never seek it out. 
I, I would know. never think, how can I be colder no, in I, any situation? No, never. It's a whole thing. I Googled it. There's many different types of cooling vests that you can get. Athletes use them. Soldiers use them. I mean, you know, it's like a whole thing. You know what I do own? What? A warming vest. I have a vest and you put little hot packs in it mm-hmm. and it keeps you warm. I bought it so that I could watch my son play ice hockey outdoors. Yeah. Well, we used to stuff those little hot pocket thingies. What do you call them? <laughs> Not the food hot pockets. <laughs> what are they called? I love they... the idea of us having a vest filled with hot pockets, though. Because the... then if you get hungry, yeah. it's a snack as well. It keeps you warm and full. Listen, listen. On the office, I had one skirt that had two little stitch pockets in the back. And I had one little tiny stitch pocket in the front. They would give us those little hot pack things. Little hand warmers? Little hand warmers. I would stick two in my shoes. I would stick one in that front pocket, two in my back pocket. I'd stick a few in my bra. Same. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And if my sweater had pockets, I'd stick them in there. I'd stick so many of those on my body when we were filming outside when it was cold. One time, our camera operator, Matt Stone, was like, and just don't take this the wrong way, but I can see lumps in your butt on camera. <laughs> like, they don't look human, like human lumps. <laughs> I was like, dang it. And I had to take my little heater things out of my pockets. Well, I can't believe that they got a cooling vest, and I'm glad they did. I am too. I thought that was so smart. Mm-hmm. Well, it's time for another weigh-in. Big announcement. They lost 31 pounds. Wow. Michael and Holly are so excited they're going to do a wrap. It's the most adorable thing. Because they're so dorky and cute together. Well, a little rap trivia is that they have about 10 minutes of them rapping. Even though the part that you see in the show was completely scripted, even down to Holly, like, rubbing her jacket. Yeah, yeah, the wiki wiki what? All of that was scripted. All of that was scripted, but they did go on and on. And Amy Ryan gave an interview where she said this was her favorite scene to shoot because they had so much fun. The crew said the same thing. They said it was so much fun that those two just went off and that the chemistry was just so apparent. I think this was the scene when they were shooting when they realized, oh, yeah, these two, true love. Yeah. Well, now it's week three and there is a new receptionist in town. Yes, Ronnie. Yeah, Ronnie played by Dale Raul. She has been in a ton of stuff. She was Maxine in True Blood. Oh, Maxine Fortenberry. I love True Blood. She was fantastic. Of course, you would know that. Yes. I have a crossover connection with Dale. Tell me. We were both on Fresh Off the Boat. Well, there you go. Not Monk, surprisingly, but Fresh Off the Boat. Well, she will come back in season six. This is not the last we're going to see of Ronnie. Meanwhile, we're going to see Pam in her first class. She looks so cute. She has like, I'm calling it the college ponytail. She wears this really cute ponytail at school. All right. The ponytail is the only thing that's cute about Pam. Are you kidding? I thought you looked so cute in all of your college scenes. Did you notice how young everyone else is in the class? Oh, you stop it. No, but this was a deliberate choice. Well, okay. Pam is in her late 20s. Do you like how immediately I like stand up for my best friend? I'm like, you stop it. You are beautiful. You look just as young as those other ones. That's right. And you are smart. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I want you to know I was not being down on myself. I was just <laughs> pointing out a deliberate production choice. Pam is in her late 20s, and they made sure that everyone in this class, that the background performers were all much younger. They're just starting off in college, mm-hmm. right? Pam's going back to school. And they did want to create this story for Pam that she is kind of, you know, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I don't know. She's what a, am I saying? What, what do they call it? A non-traditional student. There you go. Well, not only that, she's in the wrong class. Mm-hmm. The teacher, who was played by Sandra Lowe, Professor Monahan. She's got that zinger of a joke about Zaff Chancery, you know. Which, yeah. <laughs> which, by the way, I read a Reddit thread where people were like, that doesn't apply. <laughs> it's wrong. <laughs> like, oh. Oh, my. Well, Pam does not end up leaving the class. And we got some mail. People are like, Pam has been so good about standing up for herself. Why doesn't she just leave the class? I don't know. I sympathized. I felt like she's new here. She feels out of place. She just got singled out. She's going to tuck her head down and know she'll do it right the next time. Yeah. But I guess it's going to mean she misses her actual first First class. class. (laughs) Back in the office... Holly hears this coughing, right? Mm -hmm. She's at her cubicle. Kelly is coughing. She sounds sick. Did you notice on Holly's desk what her nameplate says? Yes. Hollis. Mm -hmm. And then in quotes, Holly P. Flax. Mm -hmm. I did notice that. So that's her real name. Her name is Hollis. Hollis. Kelly has a talking head where she says she's on the third day of her cleanse diet where she's doing the lemon juice, maple syrup, and cayenne pepper and water. That's all she's allowed to have. Angela, have you ever done any of these fad diets? I haven't, but I had a roommate who did something with cayenne pepper and water. And I think it just gives you the runs, right? You just poop. You know, I got approached to do an ad for this diet tea Mm -hmm. that's supposed to flatten your tummy. So you drink the tea. And it flattens your tummy. How? By making you poop a lot. Well. But it was like a cleansing tea and I was like, well, first of all, I'm not going to do an ad for anything I don't believe in. Mm-hmm. So send me the tea and we'll see what happens. And Did I, you drink the tea? I was doing splitting up together at the time and I was talking to Oliver Hudson about it. And he said, I'll do it with you. Let's both do the tea and see if we get flat tummies. <laughs> he's so funny. But I can so hear him saying that because he's just like, let's do it. He was all in. So I asked for two packages of the tea. Oliver and I started doing it. Angela. Did you poop? First of all, I gained weight. <laughs> what? Second of all, we're just pooping and farting oh, and no. just we're trying to work and do our scenes. Oh no. The crew was like, stop drinking the tea, you guys. You're like we're farting them out. They're like, seriously, we cannot have the two leads of our show drinking this tea. Being so flatulent on it's set. Ruining everything. So I just I don't know. I just don't do this stuff. Well, you know my husband, he's super healthy, and he just makes really good choices about what he eats, and he exercises. It's really annoying, his ability to be so consistent. My hardest struggle is consistency, you know, just Mm -hmm. like making that space for myself. And I think it's even like when you peel back the layer, it's like making that time for yourself, and it's just a hard thing to do. Yeah. Well, I think we should take a break because I need a moment to center myself before Jan comes into the office. Oh, oh, yes. And there's some really good Jan stuff I want to share. All right, we'll be right back. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed to connect with candidates faster by scheduling, screening, and messaging. 
And Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 23 hires were made on Indeed every minute, according to Indeed Data Worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash OfficeLadies. Just go to Indeed.com slash OfficeLadies right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash OfficeLadies. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Valvoline Instant Oil Change is the quick, easy, trusted place for your next oil change. You guys know my dad loves it. They are so convenient, no appointment needed. You can stay in your car while they do all the work. And their friendly expert technicians have over 270 hours of training and will get you in and out fast while performing a thorough, free 18-point maintenance check with your oil change. I recently went to Valvoline and I got my oil changed and everyone there was so wonderful and nice and really just informative. I feel like I learned a lot about my car. Visit valvoline.com slash office ladies for an exclusive offer towards your next oil change. We are back and so is Jan. Oh, yeah. Jan enters the office and tells Ronnie to make her some copies of a document on canary yellow paper. Oh, yeah. She walks in like she owns the place. She also does not acknowledge that she's speaking to a person she's never met. Oh, yeah, that's true. This made me wonder if Jan is entertaining Michael being in her life again so she can just use him and use the office. She's getting free copies, right? Yeah. Well, in the deleted scenes, there's a little bit of a runner about this. She is giving Michael like a list of things she needs him to do. All her errands, go to the dry cleaners. She hands him a bag, like grocery shopping, etc. Like Michael is her personal assistant. Hmm. And then when he kind of boxed at anything, she's like, well, I thought you wanted to help. Wow. So to me, I feel like Jan is using him. For sure. Jim has this talking head where he says Michael led us to believe he was the father of Jan's baby by telling us he was the father of Jan's baby. Well, this talking head would have continued and they had to trim it. And Jim then holds up an email and says, but then Jan sent this email to everyone. And here's what Jan's email said. Hi, everyone. Jan here, writing to share some wonderful news and to squash a rumor. First, the great news, I am expecting. The beautiful baby girl inside me will be ready to meet the world this fall, just a few months before the launch of the new Serenity by Jan line. Shameless plug, I know. Don't hate me. LOL. Anyway, I also wanted to clarify that the father is not anyone that you or I have ever met. Remember, no matter how excited someone is about my baby, it does not make them the father. Best Jan. P.S. Hope to ship you something soon. That's amazing. Yeah. So she sent that email to everyone in the office. Well, Holly would like to know who is Jan. She says, who's that woman in Michael's office with the feet? Because Michael is rubbing Jan's feet. Mm -hmm. Oscar explains that she's Michael's ex-girlfriend. And Holly immediately decides, yes, you can give your yoga teacher my number. Mm -hmm. I want to date your hot yoga teacher. Yeah. His hot, hot yoga teacher, because he teaches hot yoga and he's hot. So I'm sure he's very bendy. Yeah. Yeah. Then Holly overhears Angela berating Kevin for being an idiot. 
And Holly is going to come to Kevin's defense because remember, Dwight told Holly that Kevin was there as part of a special work program. Yeah, when Dwight was hazing her. Yeah. Oh, she runs over to Angela and she's like, how dare you? You don't speak to him like that. And this is when everyone realizes, including Kevin, what Dwight told Holly. Angela is so delighted by this moment. Mm-hmm. She can't stop smiling. No, she loves that Holly has been humiliated. Mm-hmm. Poor Kevin. He's crushed. This means that Holly has not been paying attention to him because she wants to date him. No. He's realizing. Well, now Andy is going to approach Angela in the kitchen. He has made non-refundable deposits at four different wedding locations. Hot air balloons over Napa Valley. Mm-hmm. World-famous Walt Disney's Epcot Center. Mm-hmm. Scuba diving wedding in the Bahamas. And the Wilkes Bar Marriott Ballroom C. To which she replies, dangerous, tacky, sharks, haunted. And no. And oh, just in general. <laughs> And no. (laughs) And of course, this means Angela and Dwight are going to hook up again. We had a fan question. Mm -hmm. Kayla would like to know, when Dwight slaps Angela's butt, Mm -hmm. was that scripted because she thought your reaction was very genuine? You were surprised. No, that was improvised. Mm -hmm. That was Rain Wilson. But now listen, you guys, Rain and I were very, very good friends, and we would always do a few takes where we would try to surprise each other a little bit within the boundaries of what I knew would not make anyone uncomfortable and vice versa. Right. And so, no, that was Rain just mixing it up and catching me off guard, which is why my reaction is so earnest. We also got mail from Alice, who would like to ask, Angela, in your talking head afterwards... Was any of that improvised because it's one of my all-time favorites? You know what? People quote this talking head to me, and it was completely scripted. And it read like this. I have a nice comforter and several cozy pillows. I usually read a chapter of a book, and it's lights out by 8.30. That's how I sleep at night. Completely scripted. You go to bed at 8.30. I know. I I have lots of cats to take care of. They get up early. Well, now Jim and Pam are going to talk via video call. You guys, old tech alert. This was a real big deal. This was an actual live iChat. Remember iChat? Yeah. Yeah. This is before Zoom. This is before FaceTime. Yeah. And, you know, Dwight is annoyed. Michael is so excited and picks up the computer and wants to show Pam all around. I know, which is making her a little sick. Mm -hmm. She's like, can you please put me down? I thought it was so cute. Guys, this happened in real time. Mm -hmm. We had some questions from Alice R. and Brianna P. How'd you shoot the video chat scenes? Well, it was live. They built a little set over on the warehouse set to look like my dorm room at Pratt. And I sat there and we did this live. It was really cute. Yeah. And I have to say, I was really excited because during most of this episode, I was not on our set. I was really filming on location to film Pam's art school. And so for this day, I just remember how excited I was. Even though I was all the way on the warehouse set, I was able to come over for hot snack. Yes. I stayed for lunch. Yes, this was one of the hardest things for us as BFFs is when you were at the Pratt School of Art. Yep. You were not on our set. You were on location. So I was so excited you were there. And one thing I want to share about this that Randy talked about in the DVD commentary is that this live iChat, Jenna, caused all kinds of technical problems. I remember. Yeah, I remember because we had to start and stop. Here's what happened. 
The wireless microwave system on the side of the cameras would get triggered whenever Steve picked up the laptop and walked around with you. Yeah. It would shut the cameras off, which meant we got to hang out a little bit because they had to sort that out. I just remember shooting the talking head, and I thought it was so cute the way they put the computer on the chair. I did, too. (laughs) Well, now the gang is going to weigh in again, and guess what? They've gained five pounds, and then Kelly passes out. Yeah. And we go to commercial. We come back with some real Phyllis sass. Mm Mm-hmm. Phyllis is super smug with Angela, and, you know, she's planning Stanley's birthday party, and she's just giving Angela marching orders. She is. She would like to get some cake. Mm-hmm. And anytime Angela seems like she might disagree, Phyllis just kind of gives a little look, like, uh, mm-hmm. we will be doing it this way, and here's why. Yeah. And there was more Phyllis sass in the deleted scenes. She was giving Angela grief this whole episode. Well, we talked about this at the end of Goodbye, Toby. Phyllis catches Dwight and Angela getting it on in the office. And we wondered, what does this mean? Well, it has gone to Phyllis's head. She has power. Mm Mm-hmm. Holly suggests that they do fruit instead of cake. Michael comes in. He's going to weigh in. He suddenly has a goatee. No explanation. Yeah. (laughs) But he has a goatee. Kelly Cantley said that goatee took an hour to put on, so they had to factor that into the day. He didn't just grow a goatee? No. None of their goatees were real. No. That's what she said. No. None of them? They were all put on, and then they had to keep track that they were the right shape and size goatee throughout the episode for continuity. And Kelly said at the time this aired, they got some mail that a few of the goatees were off. Oh, my gosh. Oh, well, Michael is going to take his goatee into the conference room and he's going to call a meeting. Yeah, because he wants everyone to know what is the leading cause of death. It is obesity caused illness. He wants everyone to take this more seriously so they don't die of obesity. Yeah. Jim pledges to lose 65 pounds. He's being sarcastic. Michael doesn't get it. He's thrilled. Mm -hmm. He says, if everybody loses five pounds, that in addition to Jim's 65, we're going to win this thing. Well, Angela has presented Andy with her list of criteria for her wedding. Mm -hmm. It's pretty challenging. Here are the things she has to have in order to marry Andy. Okay. A thousand-year-old church in the continental United States. There has to be a rainbow. 24-hour veterinarian on call. And then she pages Dwight to meet her downstairs because she just can't really stand being around Andy. But Andy tells Angela, you know what? I don't care where we get married because all I care about is spending the rest of my life with you. This melts Angela's cold, cold heart. It does. And she does not show up for her rendezvous with Dwight in the warehouse. She gives Andy a little kiss. Mm-hmm. And of course, he has to make a noise. Mm-hmm. He makes like a boo. Yeah. Well, there's a very sweet deleted scene that shows Angela trying to bond with Andy over the wedding. It's in the break room. And I titled it Overly Animated Angela. Hmm. We could get a cake shaped like your cat. They can do that? Yeah. Yeah. For you, my love, I will find the finest cake smith in all the land. Bring me, sir, bakes a lot of frosting ham forest. <laughs> what about one shaped like, I don't know, a, a litter box? Hey, 
Right? I mean, isn't gross or wonderful? Ah, I don't know. <laughs> I'll be at my desk. Page me if you need me. <laughs> Who are you? I know. Ah, I don't know. Who is this person? I don't know. Oh, overly animated Angela. She was trying. Maybe he should just do some Mad Libs. You love those. I love Mad Libs and keep suggesting cakes that look like cats or cat accessories. It's the way to your heart. Well, Jim has arrived at Pam's dorm room. Did you notice that Pam is the resident advisor? I did. She's the RA. It's so perfect. It's perfect, but it's also like Pam. Take on a job. Come on. Well, Jim tells the documentary crew, you know what? Why don't you go check out Pam's art over there? And when they turn to look for it, he quickly shuts the door, right? Mm-hmm. And at 18 minutes, 31 seconds, you hear the cameraman sigh. You <sighs> hear Randall Einhorn sigh. Yes, that's Randall. And that was improvised. He just did that and they loved it and they kept it in. Oh, yeah. So fun. I would like to say, Pam, thank you for finally wearing a hoodie or any kind of casual clothing here at art school. I feel like she just has been overdressed since she got there. We are on two different pages on this. I think that Pam has looked amazing for art school. I love her ponytail. I just think, and this was a choice that, I should say that, this has all been a choice. It's on purpose. It's all to make her stand out a little bit, to be like, she isn't dressing the way the young people dress today. Right. Okay? So, like, I'm giving her grief about it, but you guys, we planned this. Right. And also her affected speech, how she's like, top of the morning to ya. Shall we walk over here? Perhaps we'll sit here. Let me cross my legs and my stockings. What are you talking about? That's how she talks. No, she does not. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm just messing with I you. I really got worried. I was like, what? <laughs> I am messing with you. I don't know how long Jim and Pam got to hang out and smooch, but Pam got a knock on her door. There was some girl mad at another girl because someone took someone's soy milk. And now Jim is in like the dorm room common area at 18 minutes, 55 seconds. Yeah, he's watching a baseball game. Yes. And Jenna, you can very faintly hear some sort of baseball commentators like announcers, sports announcers. Yeah. Those were played by our very own producer, James O'Carey and Eric Colgen. All right. See, I wondered, is that a real baseball game? So it's obviously real baseball footage, but then we put our own commentators on it. That's right. So Jenna and I have been in touch with James. He is fantastic. He was that guy that could like get you anything on set. If you needed it, James got it. And we had lots of questions for him and he answered them for this episode. He even had the shooting draft. James, thank you so much. I feel like we might have a Jamesopedia. Yeah, it couldn't come at a better time. Yeah. You know, because we don't have Kentopedia anymore. James, James Carey, will you you be our Jamesopedia? (laughs) Should we talk about Stanley's birthday? I mean, it looks a little sad. Everyone's standing around eating fruit. Ronnie wants to know if anyone wants to dance. By the way, my Dolly Parton fans, did you catch the song playing? Oh, yeah. Here you come again. I love that song. I love that song, too. I went and listened to it after I watched the episode. It's not the song I would play at a birthday party. No, no, (laughs) probably not. (laughs) But I love that song. People are going to sneak off from this party, and they're going to have some cake in the warehouse. The warehouse is the sneak site, clearly. Clearly, and... I mean, isn't Angela uncomfortable being in that room? 
with all those other people, including her fiance? She doesn't have any guilt about it. I guess not. She has no problem sleeping at night. We've established that. That's true. Stanley is in the room with the cake, but he's not even eating it. He said his tastes have changed. Now all he likes is baklava, which I thought was a really interesting thing to say because baklava is very, very, very sweet. Like if you've lost your sweet tooth, I mean, it's nutty. I love a baklava. I do too. It's dense though. It's Mm -hmm. a dense, sugary treat. I know. And I often eat too much of it and I get a stomach ache because, you know, they give you a tiny piece Mm -hmm. and I'll eat like five of them because they're just so good. Well, that's what happens with you. You're always like, Ange, look how cute. It's so tiny. I know. And then you're like, Ange, I have a stomach ache. I know. Dwight, Holly, Michael, and Ronnie spy on the group. Dwight's like, they should not be in there. Mm -mm. You know why he's saying that. And Michael says, we should have our own party. Let's all go play mini golf. Ronnie and Michael and Dwight and Holly. That foursome. Oh, I wish that happened. Me too. Well, Holly can't go because she has a date tonight. Mm. And then Michael has the sweetest talking head. He's like, Holly doesn't need any luck. Everyone who meets her instantly loves her. Yeah. So cute. I want these two kids to get together. Angela, I have a question for you about the next scene, which is when Dwight busts in and he kicks over the cake. Yeah. I wasn't there. I'm at art school. What was it like to shoot that scene? Here's the thing. That room was like, I mean, Jenna, it was like six feet by six feet. (laughs) It is really small. And we were all in there. They tried to put chairs in so that we could sit, but not everyone could sit, obviously. Mm -hmm. We were pretty crammed in. I remember I couldn't look at Phyllis or I would laugh. Mm Mm-hmm. Whenever she had her exchange with Michael, she would kind of, you know, start to break a little. And then Rain kicked over that cake with such, like, force. It yeah. went flying. We all got cake on us. And then they would have to clean it up. We couldn't do it very many times because we were like, Rain, do you have to kick it that hard? <laughs> so pretty much I just remember being crammed in and trying not to laugh. Well, I thought that scene looked like it was a lot of fun to shoot. And I know... Don't ask Rain Wilson to kick something unless you really want it kicked. Yeah, unless you want it to go flying. Yeah. I don't think they anticipated that that much cake would travel because <laughs> it was quite a cleanup. Well, now it is week five of the weight loss competition. The Scranton branch is not doing very well. Holly tells us that corporate has now upped the prize to five vacation days. But things are breaking down between people. I mean, Kevin's in the kitchen. He's making himself a peanut butter bagel. Creed and Kelly are glaring at him. Oh, there's a deleted scene where Meredith and Kelly and Holly are working on the dry erase board. Yeah. And Kelly goes, I'm doing a blood type diet. And Meredith goes, who gives a f***? And Kelly goes, what'd you say, whore? And Holly goes, I got it. Okay. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, my gosh. I mean, things are getting really intense. They're so intense that Kelly says in a talking head that she swallowed a tapeworm last night that Creed gave her from Mexico. Kelly, why would you swallow a worm Creed gave you? I know. Creed says it wasn't a tapeworm. Angela, I'll have you know, I looked it up. Yeah. The tapeworm diet Mm -hmm. is a real thing. Oh, God. Really? Well, it's obviously illegal in the United States, and it's totally dangerous. Where are they doing it? I don't know, but I guess you can buy pills that have a tapeworm egg inside of it. Don't do this. No. I read on Healthline that it doesn't even work. 
Because yes, it feeds off your body's nutrients, but it feeds off the good stuff too, right? It doesn't just eat your fat, everybody. It eats everything and you get really sick. You can get diarrhea, abdominal pain, nausea, fever, weakness. You can also get bacterial infections. You can get neurological issues. Most of these pills are a scam, okay? They do not really have a tapeworm, but a woman in Iowa swallowed a real one and she got super sick and she had to confess to her doctor what she did. He had to report it to the State Department. It was a whole crazy thing. He didn't even know how to kill it. It was a whole thing. Guys, do not swallow a tapeworm on purpose are words I'm saying just in case anyone out there thought they should. You know, Jenna, I have a tapeworm story, but you know I'm going to save it for the finale. When we are done with the whole run of the office, you will remember. I don't want to spoil it. There is a scene in the finale. I don't want to spoil it. You'll remember, Jenna. Rain and I traded tapeworm stories. I'm saving it for the finale. Guys, if you've ever had a reason (laughs) to tune in. To at least our finale episode of Office Ladies, you have it now. There is a real-life Angela Rain moment that happens behind the scenes of the finale. It involves a tapeworm. We'll get to it. Well, guys, that's Weight Loss Part 1. We will be back next week with Weight Loss Part 2 when Jim has a big surprise for Pam. We're going to tell you all about it. Aww. Jam fans, you don't want to miss it. See you then. See ya. Thank you for listening to Office Ladies. Office Ladies is produced by Earwolf, Jenna Fisher, and Angela Kinsey. Our show is executive produced by Cody Fisher. Our producer is Cassie Jerkins. Our sound engineer is Sam Kiefer. And our associate producer is Ainsley Bubico. Our theme song is Rubber Tree by Creed Bratton. For ad-free versions of Office Ladies, go to stitcherpremium.com. For a free one-month trial of Stitcher Premium, use code OFFICE. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.